That's a beautiful Nashir there coming from uh, Omar Abrahams and uh, he says anyone. Welcome back, welcome one, welcome all. It is drive time with me, Shafiq Alomo. And it is uh, 25 minutes before the hour of 5 o'clock. And uh, right now we are back on our segment where we'll be looking at uh, finances and all those kind of things. But we are still in the youth month and uh, the focus will still be on the youth unemployment. According to South African government, the theme for this year is the year of Charlotte Makweke growing the youth uh, employment for an inclusive and transforming society. And the vital question is, what strides have we made in ensuring that the youth, um, I mean, ensuring that our youth, rather, have better opportunities for employment in South Africa? So joining me on the line is uh, Gerard Mwandiambira, who is a wealth manager, personal financial advocate, motivator, keynote speaker, and author. He is also a managing um, partner of Sugar Creek Wealth, which helps clients pursue their wealth management goals through careful advice, astute investment, and uh, access to the capabilities and a network of global solutions providers. Mr. Mandiambira, welcome to IFM and welcome to Drive Time. Well, it's a pleasure and good, good, good evening to all your listeners. Are we making strides in ensuring that our youth have better opportunities for employment in South Africa? Well, the answer to your question is yes and no. Um, yes, and that um, it has been identified as an area of weakness. Um, especially with the rising unemployment. And no, because we're not creating enough opportunities for entrepreneurship. I think, you know, it, it, it is rooted in our education system, which was still founded on someone going to school, studying and working for someone else. And I think we need to change the narrative to now seeing um, the youth as potentially employing themselves or employing other youth. And that will basically stimulate our economy to grow but at the moment rising youth unemployment is mainly because the youth who are unemployed were not equipped or trained to be self-employed therefore they are waiting for something to happen mm. okay so that means our basis is actually the education system that we have that is the contributing faster i mean a factor to youth unemployment definitely the education system needs to have more of a focus on subjects which allow people to think outside the box and explore their entrepreneurial abilities and basically a child needs to be taught that they do not need to work for someone they can work for themselves or employ others whereas most youth seem to still um, come from the school of thought of when i finish my degree i have to send my cv somewhere so mm. someone can give me a job mm. Yeah, so as you are saying there, the unemployment rate among the youth is actually high, irrespective of education level. And uh, we have seen that the, the, the graduate unemployment rate is still rising as well. And uh, getting into entrepreneurship, as you are saying, is a way to go. But the question is, how does one embark on that journey, keeping in mind that uh, they still need capital, which is a major challenge in South Africa? Look, I think capital is, is relative to what you want to do. I think what's more important is the youth being equipped with the right skills. So a lot of the courses and degrees and diplomas at our TVETs and universities are not designed for entrepreneurial activity. So that's one of the rooted problems. The second thing is, you know, to create wealth, you do not need millions and millions. I think that's a social media narrative where people seem to think you need to be a tenderpreneur to make it and have millions. No, you can start a small business with as little as you need. And I think, you know, more and more of those success stories need to come through where we realize that you can be a successful entrepreneur by simply 
replacing a salary you would have earned under someone else. You don't have to be a billionaire. You don't have to be a millionaire. All you need to be able to do is to be self-sufficient to meet your own personal needs. And I think we need to change all those kinds of narratives um, from the glamour of thinking that you have to drive a flashy car, live in a big house, as the definition of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is simply someone who owns their own time and they're not accountable to a boss or an, an employer. They're, they are their own boss and they decide when they want to work. They own their own time and they have that freedom to have a better quality lifestyle than someone who is essentially bonded to an employer eight to five every day. Mm. I think there you have just changed, changed my perspective on how I look things and uh, social media have um, made sure that they push that narrative that entrepreneurship or entrepreneurs uh, are the ones who drive fleshy cars and all that stuff. But now I, I want to know how does one now start because you're saying you don't need that big amount of money. Let's say... Look, you need, mm. if you want to get started with business, you just need an idea. Mm. And that idea you have, you need to test it with your family and your friends. And it could simply be, I can cook, or I can bake, or I can do hair. And it's easy to prove that skill. People come to you, they tell you, you're good. And you can start uh, uh, by buying as little as a hair cutting machine and some and some oils to start doing hair and beards. That that's your hairdressing business starting. Mm. You don't need to go to NYDA and ask for two million rand or a hairdressing salon. And, you know, it's that kind of thinking we need. If you decide and say, look, well, where else is the opportunity? Re- recycling. It's a big industry which is growing. Um, it's not sexy, it's not glamorous, but at the end of the day, you collect your plastics, you collect your metal, the waste, you sort it, and it starts to pay dividends over time. It's a, it's a high volume, low margin work, but it, it's creating your own wealth. Mm. No one gave you capital to go and collect plastics and tin cans. But people will laugh at you. People will judge you. People will make you feel like you're not amounting to anything. But at the end of the day, when you've now collected 100 kgs of cans or 100 kgs of plastic, it suddenly becomes money in your hands to go do it again, buy a machine one day, and that's how your business grows. We just need to take a step back and realize that um, there, there is no, there is no set route to success, which always involves a hundred million rand tender. You can actually start on your own and and find a way in which you can actually create your own wealth. So, for example, if you go and gather wood and buy wood for twenty rand, and you shape that wood into a chair, mm. and then you sell that chair for two hundred and twenty rand, where did the other two hundred rand come from? You created it. You can create wealth with your mind or with your hands, but it just means that you need to apply yourself. I think we need to also just realize that um, the entrepreneurial journey is also not for everyone. So sometimes you are the one who has the idea to collect the plastics, and then you gather the other youths in the area to collect the plastics for you. Mm. And then you become the entrepreneur and they become the employees. There are some people who are simply happy to be employees and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But we need to just create more entrepreneurs who have small businesses which employ four or five people. Suddenly everyone um, goes into some sort of employment, you know, and, and even people have seen examples where people are earning 350 rand 
um, the the grants, yes. unemployment, youth unemployment grants, and ten or twenty of them put that money together over two three months. They buy something and it starts to build. Mm. Problem is we need to be patient because we need to realize that wealth creation involves investing, putting in something and letting it vest. Vest is time. There is no wealth that is created without time. Any wealth that is instant, two-minute two noodle wealth is either theft, corruption, or it's actually going to lead you into a quick disappearance as well. Mm, there's no shortcut to, 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 to success. Definitely. You know, like you have given example here of a 350 rand grant. Uh, last week I was speaking about a, a gentleman from Durban who started his business with that amount of money. For the, for the period of nine months, he was putting the money away and now he's got um, a well-finished, um, you know, cutlery business, which I feel like no, is incredible. No, you can. I think, you know, all these things are, are things that can be done. I think, you know, it's sacrifice. Eh? When you want to create wealth, you need uh, sacrifice because you need to give up what you could enjoy now. Mm. You need commitment, which means that you can't stop when it gets hard. And you need discipline to carry on, even when everyone is doubting you and saying it won't work. Are you going to be a billionaire? No, probably not. There's a few of those. Are you going to be a millionaire? Probably not. There's not that many of those either. Mm. But are you going to be able to make a living for yourself? Yes. And the nice thing about entrepreneurship is because you're making the wealth and creating it, you also know how to live within your means. It's very difficult for you to end up overspending money you don't have because you know how to create it. Problems with people who overspend is because they are used to opening their mouths like little chicks which are being fed by a mother bird mm. and they think this thing will keep feeding them forever. Hence, they overspend, they overexpose themselves to debt, and then it becomes a problem where someone is saying, I don't earn enough. No, you always earned enough. Mm. You chose to overspend. Lovely. I'm in a conversation here with uh, Gerard Mandiambira, who is a wealth manager, personal financial advocate, motivator, keynote speaker, and uh, author. So, Mr. Uh, Mandiambira, I want to know about the, um, you know, this organization, uh, Sugar, Sugar Creek Wealth. Um, what does it do? Because at the beginning you said that, yes, we are making strides to, um, to ensure that there is opportunities for the, for the youth. And also, no, we are not making strides. So when it comes to Sugar Creek Wealth, um, what are you doing in this regard? Well, Sugar Creek Wealth is just a, a registered financial services provider. And essentially what I started doing was I used to do what all the other financial planners and advisors do, which is to sell policies and, um, you know, get people to take insurance. Until I realized that that is the wrong way of doing things because you are telling people what they need and getting them what they don't need. Mm. Um, now I focus simply on giving advice. Um, selling you a financial plan where I tell you, no, this is what you need to do in your life and this is how you can get there with all your goals and this is what you need to do. You pay me for my advice and you go and find someone else who will sell you all these things because there's a conflict of interest when someone is giving you advice and selling you something at the end mm. because that advice ultimately is shaped by the need to sell. Whereas I sell you my advice, I sell you my knowledge and I also found that with a lot of our black community, I end up spending more time explaining what, your, what financial products are and solutions are. And at the end of the day, I still have to go home and drive with petrol with a family which hasn't been paid. So hence, I opted personally to go the fee route where 
You pay for an advice fee. We do business plans. Mm. We do anything to do with creating wealth, um, buying your property, um, an investment property and strategy. I give all that kind of advice, and that's what Sugar Creek Wealth is about. The thing we need to realize is that every single financial product, or most of them in South Africa right now, were designed in, 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 an, in, an, in an environment where people who are advantaged were taking advantage of those who are disadvantaged. And they created a whole lot of products which are, which are essentially wealth preservation. Mm. So a lot of these things like insurance policies, shares, stocks, are to keep your money. Okay. But they don't, they're not designed to create money because they didn't have to create the money. They took it from someone else. Mm. Now, for us, it's a different narrative. When you are somebody from a disadvantaged background, you need to focus on income-generating assets. And a lot of the solutions out there are not for income. They're designed for you to park your money and let it sit. But if you don't have an income, you can't create wealth. So that's the kind of philosophy which I teach and uh, collaborate with my clients to say, let's create income. If it doesn't involve income, walk away. Don't go for things which are designed to tell you that you're going to be rich in 30 years. Great. In 30 years, what will you have been eating for those 30 years Mm. if you are waiting for it? Mm. Let's create income and realize that we will work on wealth preservation for the next generation. But for you right now, your number one priority is as many income streams as possible so that you don't need to work for Mm. the man. I think many of us, like you, you know, we are mi- being mislaid because other people want to use our finances, our monies, and uh, create their own wealth while we are, you know, waiting for that moment, that big, big break in the near future, 30 years' time. I think you have just painted a beautiful picture there. Definitely. I think that I'm happy that you're seeing it for yourself, mm. that money flows. <laughs> it flows. Where, where money comes from A to B, there's someone who's making money, and when someone is making money, there's someone either who's losing money mm. or unknowingly enriching someone else. Mm. Okay, so let me go back here to um, the, the opening line you said about education. So how, do you, how, how does one or the one balance between academic education and setting up a business? Because we see that sometimes one might go to, let's say, university and study something. In the long run, they change to something else. And upon graduation, they start now doing something totally different. So how does one balance? I don't think it's necessarily a big balance, but I think it's, a, it's an issue of entrepreneurial ability is, is developed from school. I like schools where they have cake sales, they have market days, and children are taught to sell things and make money. Because if you do that enough times every year, you start to develop a, a spirit of entrepreneurship that everybody knows that my idea is worth something, you know? Mm. So it's important to do that. If you want to find out who are the entrepreneurs in your generation, think of the children at school who are selling sweets. Mm. You can all go buy the sweets at a big, um, a big shop, mm. but it takes one or two who's willing to sell it for 10 cents, knowing that I'm buying it for 5 cents. And the others who just want the convenience will send their 10 cents there. Mm. So, you know, there's no magic formula. Not everyone, not everyone can be an entrepreneur, um, but definitely most people can at least be aware of their talents and abilities and those who choose to work for others can do it knowing that i chose to work because i don't want to go through this entrepreneurship journey 
Beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right, so I think we are going to be having um, a couple of conversations later on on Tuesdays um, as you agreed to do that. So for those who would like to find you, where can, can, can they access you? On social media, it's at AskGeraldCFP, at AskGeraldCFP. Or if you simply go on my website, AskGerald.co.za, AskGerald.co.za. We're all about creating wealth. We're all about telling you the things which you don't want to always hear. But sometimes, you know, after one or two or sessions with me, you're upset. But from that anger, often you start realizing, no, I need to start doing the right thing. There's no such thing as um, not earning enough. Mm. But everything is about not applying your funds and resources correctly. <laughs> also, do you have clients who come, who, who says that, they're, I mean, who gets upset after you tell them some, otherwise? You, you you meet me the first time you will be upset because I'm going to tell you most things that you thought were right are wrong. So we need to break you and start rebuilding again. Mm. It's, it's the same journey I went through. I wasn't born like this. I have a lot of regrets, mm. but I am now very much believing that we can be masters of our own destiny and wealth is essentially created. And when any, anyone tells you you can't create wealth, give them the example of that chair. Mm. I went, I bought wood for 20 rand. I made it into a chair and I sold it for 200 rand. Explain to me where the other money came, came from. from. You mm. created it. So there's no such thing as there's an, if the money in the world will finish. No, it's being created every single day. Beautiful stuff. Uh, Gerard, thank you so much. And we're going to be in touch again. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Of course, that was Jared Mwandiambira, who is a wealth manager, personal financial advocate, motivator, keynote speaker, and uh, author. We are going to be having him uh, more often on the show, inshallah. And uh, make sure that uh, we educate ourselves. I mean, we have financial or money education because this is what makes the world go around. I, I mean, as people say, um, there's quite a lot to learn from these things, eh? But otherwise, we're going to be having more conversation later on, inshallah. Stay tuned.